You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff at IndieCornrows.com. And joining me on the other line is the man of too many titles, Mr. Tony East. Tony, your best, your favorite player, had his best game of the season. Woo! Excited? I guess he's been in a slump. He finally got out of it, right? What I a mean, half that first half was. Oh, man. What, was it? what do you have, 26 or 28 in the first half? 26. Didn't miss a shot. 10 for 10. What a half for Bojan. Well, that makes up for probably what was his crappiest, I'm, I'm trying to think, three, four, five game run so far. Yeah, he not the nine he had, I believe it was nine against the Warriors was his first under ten point game since early January. Uh, so he he had really been playing well and then struggled those last couple games of the road trip and then to come alive in such a huge way. It's like, well, there goes that slump. <laughs> I want to say he's only had seven games under double figures all year. Ooh, I, I can think that's that the number. I think that's the number. And but yeah, I mean his his stretch from. Uh, basically, Denver, Portland, basically this whole week before today. How confident are you in that seven number, Adam? Well, uh, three. Spot on. Seven. Yeah, I, I'm counting it up. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to you, so I figured I was spot on. <laughs> spot on. I well, counted then. real fast on B-ball rep, but, you know, I always could have missed one. Speaking of confidence, uh, the Taco Fall UCF Knights, as we were recording, are two points ahead of Duke with 350 to go. So. Oh, man, I wish I had a way to record this then. Damn. Bracket um, <laughs> buster could be incoming. I don't know. My bracket's already busted. I mean, we don't even talk about it. My bracket already sucks. I just want to see if Duke would lose. But back to Bojan. I mean, he played okay against the Clippers, but basically it's been, I would say, the – He's had this run since Olivia got hurt that has been like incredible. And this then he kind of fell back to earth this last this last week. It's nice to see him have um an extraordinary game. Yeah, extraordinary is not even <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I said extraordinary. It was insane. Um yeah, he couldn't miss and like it, he was getting to the rim super easily. Gary Harris, who I once contended was way better than he is, uh <laughs> did not have a chance of stopping him at all. And he's hitting his outside shots. Still played well in the second half. They only had to play him like six minutes in the entire second half because they were up by so much. It was a, he was he played twenty six minutes, right? That was his final stat line. In the whole game, he only played twenty six. I want to say that was right. I was. I don't have that. the final. Yeah, I got the final box score: twenty six minutes for thirty five. Wow. Um. Wow. So I, I don't know if there's something about it, but the Sunday afternoon Denver home game seems to be like <laughs> somebody's only about forty seven last time they played. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Well, they they showed it mid game. Remember another one? Uh, it was the perfect quarter until Josh Roberts ruined it. Was this? Oh the, yes, a good Sunday afternoon game. Yes, I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> Josh Roberts. Um, Freaking Josh Roberts. Yeah, I didn't want to cuss on that one. So the thing though with with, with Bojan that was really I mean, you kind of hit on press tonight was the fact that he was basically. I mean, 10 of his shots. I mean, he only made six threes. So it wasn't like he was living at the, living at the three point line. He was going to inside, trying to make plays, trying to get to the rim and score points, which is three assists, which for him is yeah. fine. No, and that's sort of like we talked about is the key in the past. It's the key to this whole offense without audible working is you need somebody who can can draw the attention of the defense and can penetrate. Yep. You know, I get tonight he's he was hitting everything, but he doesn't have to score and all those. It's the idea of him being a threat to the rim that opens up other things for everybody else. And just because then, because when he cuts off the ball, that creates kind of defensive havoc and stuff like that. So it's games like this that will help hopefully propel him and maybe team will respect him in the playoffs. That's what Zach Lowe talks about with Westbrook. It's like Westbrook this year has had a down year, 
but it's the, like the pressure he puts on the rim every possession just like is so immense that he still is a very high impact player. And when Boyan's getting to the rim like this, he putting pressure on the rim, even when he himself is not shooting, like something is happening. And there's another player we'll talk about later who has been putting a lot more pressure on the rim recently. I think I might have, it's pretty obvious that is, but uh, that just like makes the offense go so much better when that, when things like that can happen. Uh, and Boyan in particular, I mean, tonight he was hitting his own shots, but three assists and no turnovers, like stuff happens when you get the defense scrambling and, they don't, you know, that's obviously the thing we know Vic does so well, but now seeing Boyan do it, it makes a lot more sense. It's like, oh, this is so important. And we have this sometimes when, when Boyan can do it. Well, and I think that's the biggest advantage of having a superstar on your team is not necessarily, I mean, yes, it's the occasional, they have 40 points, whatever they do. It's the fact that that guy every night is the defense's number one focal yes. point, And they're constantly trying to game plan a bad team, letting everybody else go. Now without Odebo, Boyan isn't that yet. That's he's not even reached that level yet, but he, you know, if he, as he has, he had this run and kind of started to realize maybe it's not just a fluke. Maybe it's just he, in this offensive scheme, he's a 20 plus point game kind of guy without all depot. Then maybe the play come playoff time, you'll see the defense's scheme around him, which open up things for Turner, for Young, for Matthews in ways that will be better. And, you know, that the strength for the Pacers in the playoffs honestly might be the fact they don't have that superstar. So it becomes harder to game plan for them where, you know, the Cavs basically kind of figured the Pacers out. They said, we're going to double team Old Depot and make somebody else score. And that basically worked for most of the series. And then LeBron had his, you know, next level kind of crap. But I don't know if you don't have, if you don't have a superstar, whether it actually makes it easier or harder to game plan, I guess. Yeah, it, it totally does because you don't know who's going to be the guy every night. Like it seems like in the Sands big stretch, like Boyan's been the consistent scorer. No doubt about that. But like someone, you know, it seems like we always say like some one guy has stepped up every game. Um, but if you go forward now in, with that being the way you succeed in the playoffs, well, that is, you know, you're relying a lot on someone stepping up. At the same time, it's a lot harder to it's easier to have that guy step up when the defense isn't like smothering somebody. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's and that's where you're going to see, hopefully, with the playoff experience of Turner and Young stepping up to that kind of, you know, I felt like last year everybody was kind of still figuring out, you know, I, I know Bowen had played a couple of playoff games. Turner had never really been like the number two on a playoff team. He had kind of, I guess the year before Paul George, he was the number two, but Teague was probably the number two on that team. You know, Young had never really been like the guy in terms of just what the position he was in a, in a big playoff series in a three, three playoff series. And so hopefully this year, having played in a tough playoff series last year, the guys feel more confident. And then, the fact that if Bowen can kind of draw the defense in, the other guys have to take shots. They, you know, they feel more free. I guess is the right word. You know what else makes you feel free is having home court, which we should probably talk about at some. Not today, uh, but maybe next week when it's more clear what the path is. Like, they well, they, well, we should we, we can talk about it when they put when we talk about the Celtics preview. Yeah, that's boo. probably good. Just in general, like being a game and a half ahead with eight to go, like that's a lot of wiggle room. Not yeah. a lot. That's not true because they play twice. But like, you not beat them once. And, yeah, you beat well, you beat them one time. And now you all you're two and a half ahead with seven games to go. That's a pretty big amount of wiggle room. Yeah, I think the other thing that we talk about this week in terms of players, they talk about Turner, who adding in today's yeah. game had what three of the past four games have been really impressive outside the Warriors yeah. game. Every time we talk about someone not doing well, two guys we talked about struggling last week, they just step up immediately. No, and he's played really well. I mean, his 28 point game against Portland, and I mean, I think tonight he had some similar kind of overall. Uh, Shot it's so numbers. rare that I noticed, but in this game against Denver, I noticed him doing well rebounding. I, I actually noticed. Well, but Denver, it, it's weird because Jogic is so good, but he's such a bad defender that Turner, you felt, you kind of tell, felt confident whenever he was around him. Go slow. Yeah, 11 he's rebounds, 17-11, two blocks return in this game. 
but yeah, his last couple 28 in that Portland game, he was like their only offense in the first quarter. They had no answer for the pick and pop. Uh, five of nine against the Clippers, all foul trouble kept him off the court. Like, did some good st- or not the Clippers? He had foul trouble against Portland. Uh, but just yeah, he's finally stepped up a little bit after we <laughs> said Sabonis has been killing him recently. Well, and my thing with Turner is I think he has reached a point where when he's not. I know Doge offensively is one of the top centers, but defensively, when he's playing a center who's not in that top five, ten range, he seems to to be able to. He's more confident and is able to exploit the matchup a little bit better. In terms of, I mean, you saw when they played Denver last time. You saw it against Nurk essentially. I mean, he just he's he is that notch above that like third tier center, right? He's probably in that second tier, and you can you can. Now, he is, now that he's an elite center, a defensive player, he's now. Yeah. But and you can see him offensively, he becomes not an elite offensive player, but like a much better offensive player when against useful. those third-tier centers. A yeah, useful. useful yeah, useful. And actually, you know, I would say like semi-scary when he is really – I mean, you know, when yeah. he's cutting towards the rim and he gets a pass, Tom right. I mean, I don't know how you stop that. I mean, he's a seven-foot dude with decent agility going right at the rim. Oh, his coast-to-coast dunk was awesome. Yeah. And I mean, and if he's – I mean, his three point shot, if it's if it's on, if it's a couple in a row, all of a sudden it just changes the whole dynamic of the game yep. too at the same time. Yeah, and then the defense starts, you know, switching instead of just dropping off of them. It opens up the the drives that we're talking about. Yeah, and so I mean, he definitely um he's definitely responded to what was probably a kind of crappy run since his injury, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He well, he stunk at first after he came back. Like his first two of his first three games, he had seven and three points and almost 30 minutes like those were terrible games but he's finally put together a nice he did not do well against the warriors to to be no, fair he did not do well against the warriors but nobody did <laughs> yeah, that was an awful game i mean that was yeah, a terrible four, game. oh everybody sucked like kind of just gloss over it and forget about third it. game in four nights it was yeah third game in four nights on the road against the champs end of a road trip it was horrible um but he's been good in most of the games last week besides that one so i i hope that he is rounding into form at the perfect time well i think the thing with turner is we and i and i'm big on, I don't really focus on this a ton is that the fact when he's hurt, it, when he comes back, he's never a hundred percent and it takes him, I don't know, three, four, every time he's injured to come back. And we, I always want to be yeah. like, Oh, why is he back injured already? Why is he not playing well? And if you give him like an eight, nine game run, he eventually kind of comes back to where he was. It, the problem with him is can he not get hurt every, you know, I mean, look at it, look at him every month. He got, he's missed a game for something basically every month, yeah. every six weeks, yeah, give or take. That was the tiniest thing, but you've talked about this before. Like maybe that's just how he is. He'll always have some little Nick every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with a lot of centers, I think, in the history of the NBA, because they're so big, yeah. because Contact. the body type, well, the body type when you're that big too, your yeah, your knees are, are a little weaker and you're I don't know, you're not structurally built because you know, I really I mean, honestly, are humans supposed to be seven feet tall? I mean, there's not a lot of us that are seven feet tall, but in it and you just end up, you know, nicking things here and then you and you then you play in the post a lot, which gets you know, you fight for rebounds, there's a lot of contact versus like a guard, you know. I think Darren Collins can go an entire game without getting a rebound and he's still effective and he can not get touched basically the entire game, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> well, he also is the most contact diverse person of all time. Yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, Westbrook is very. Con- we'll go get. He like, also is very contact. But like Steph is the guy who will really try to avoid contact the entire game, same kind of way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But he he's so good at so many things. That it's different, obviously. But yeah, well, I I mentioned DC because I thought it'd be a good transition too. <laughs> you tried your best to lead me into it. I'm sorry for turning you away. Yeah, no, Collison's been weird because. Corey Joseph clearly does not elevate the offense of the starters the same way Darren Collison does. I think that that has been super obvious in the three games of Adam. But at the same time, we've gotten to see this. The, I'm going to coin tall ball here. Uh, lineup of Tyreek, Wes Matthews, either McDermott or Boyan, and then the two big men. And it is awesome. It is working really well. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of a, a give and take here. And we've gotten to see a lot of my favorite player in the Pacers. 
Oh, a lot of Aaron Holiday. A lot of Aaron Holiday. He's very, very good. Warriors is the right way to put it, but my the most promising, my most hopeful. Very good game against the Warriors. Incredibly good game. Yeah, pretty good game against the Nuggets today too. He did. He did. Yeah. I mean, I talked him up for you. I talked him up for you last week. I don't know if you listened. I know. I just, I just like to see more of Aaron Holiday. Is all I just like to yeah, see him he's play. Doing well. he's, uh, he's, he's, he's actually doing well. Fin- finally, having a good run of play. I'm happy for him. Yeah. I, I would say that the biggest thing about DC is. So, do you think the three losses were related at all to DC not playing this week? Uh, definitely not the Warriors lost. They lose that game. Yeah, Warriors won. Is I don't know. So let's count <laughs> the other two. Yeah, they only lost by six. Uh, I mean, they were down by more and came back. But it, he's like. He's pretty good at a lot of stuff on offense. DC is. I know his defense isn't spectacular, but it's not like I mean Patrick Beverly actually did have a good offensive game that game. But it's not like Patrick Beverly is like so scary that you know you need Corey Joseph on him at all times. They didn't even play Kojo that much in that game, so I think he would have been quite helpful in the Clippers game. But they clearly didn't need him in this one, so um, we'll call it a wash because the Warriors game it doesn't matter. So out of the two games, one of them yes, one of them no. I guess my thing is now you count in this Denver game. I, I guess. It seems like when he misses games that he's not as missed as when other guys miss games. Like, you can kind of tell the difference. And that's probably because they're deeper at guard than any other position that helps. Yeah. But, like, you know, even when Sabonis or Turner out, you can, like, feel it. I mean, that has missed a game this year, so you can't talk about that. But Ogani either, so I, I can't I can't reference it. But, like, guys who miss games, you know, you feel when all these people's out. You feel it when Turner's out. When you feel when Sabonis is out. You even kind of – I guess you don't really feel it when Evans is out. But, I mean, yeah, it's just weird that I feel like you don't – I feel like as I'm watching the games, I like – I know he's not there, but it's kind of like, oh, well, Kojo kind of fills in and they got to. You know, it's not as yes, he's not like as critical to this team. Might be the right way to put it. Right, I agree. But Kojo hasn't done amazing with the starters or anything like that. No, but I just I like his defense and he's I just, do too. He's, he's a calming. He's a good player. player. He's a very good player. Just a calming, like he's a steady presence. Like I get he's not like Definitely. DC can have a twenty point game and Joseph really can't, but like he's just a calm, like a steady presence out there. I guess maybe it was just more pronounced, but like to me in the stretch. You know, Bojan struggled those last two games. Like, well, he was pretty good against Clippers, but like we just talked about, like they needed someone else to help. A pr- wow, Duke just took the lead with seven seconds left, 77 76. Um, I think it was Zion who scored too, which is great. Um, anywho, you know, they just didn't have like the, the steady dribbling shooting guy because Kojo dribbles for no reason a lot of the time and can't shoot at all. Or Darren Collison's a very purposeful dribbler and has a weapon of that pull up mid ranger and can hit the three. It's like you need that guy. Uh, and they needed it against the Clippers, and honestly, it would have been nice tonight, like it mattered. But Kojo just doesn't have that, and to me, with the starters, that's super important. And not having that was was not great. Yeah, I I guess it feels like when you lose Collison, you you lose his offense, but you gain Kojo's defense. That's sort of a net, like a net neutral at the end of the day. Yeah, it feels he, that well, way to me. No, no, because the step down on the bench from Kojo to Holiday is where you're losing. Yeah, I, I guess it just to me it points to the fact of like, and it's, it's a fit sh- thing too. Yeah, it, to me, it shows how um, I don't want to say dispo- I guess I would say disposable Collison is in terms of just future for the team. That's what I mean. It kind of. Oh, shows. I don't think he'll be back. I agree. No, with but you like there. games like this kind of show that like or this kind of runs. But games like, like yeah. the Clippers show the opposite, where it's like, yeah, you kind of. Yeah, but then they score 124 points without him, so it's like. <laughs> I mean, sure? yeah. Well, we we can concede that I think him playing would not have not helped them in this. Game. Oh no, I think the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets <laughs> the play last Nuggets- night. The Nuggets are on the last their last game of this road of their road trip. I don't they know were, if they're on a back to back or not, but they were definitely exhausted from travel. Well, the Nuggets already don't play defense, and when they can't hit their three points, <laughs> which they were seven twenty nine, of course they're going to lose a game. I mean, that's just yeah, like, that's so when true. you're tired, tired legs. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think you're right about the the coach. Obviously, has the defensive thing. We've talked about that all year. So I think 
I said this last year too, because remember when DC got hurt in February last year, Kojo started and was like, whoa, like this is working really well. Yeah. Um, I just think you need the offense at its absolute peak, especially without Vic. And I think DC is important for that. Although I do concede that Kojo does do well with them and his defense is awesome. Yeah. It's to me, it's sort of like Collison helps in other ways, but then he brings you down in other ways. And it's, I just don't know where it, it comes out. I it probably comes out a positive for him being in the game overall, but it's not like, it's not some glaring thing where like you miss scheme. You have to like change your whole offense, change everything around. And like you can kind of patchwork his and replace him at times. And you, you know, you've seen it like the stretch, the stretch last year. That's a perfect example, you know? And then when he's in the game, you have to do certain things to get, get him shots. And when he's, especially when he's not hitting his jumper, he's almost like, just why is he playing at times kind of thing like yeah. that? But that, but that's not a, that's not a, that's a rare occurrence. Most of the time he's hitting enough shots to be on the court and valuable, but it's just, it's kind there of a pull. Absolutely. Yeah. There are a few where okay. he just kind of, it's like UCF, if he can't hit a shot. UCF just missed two bunny rims. Bunnies at the rim and lost. All right. Well, 77 right. 76. What a game. I cannot believe neither of those went in. Sorry. I, I, I'm trying to keep keep a coherent conversation and watch the end. Yeah. This. this is Tony. You're giving a play by play of a game that's going to already have happened. Okay. My bracket for money has Duke in the championship game. So I'm, I am. So does everybody else in the country. So does I know. But country. I don't have a morning at all. I feel good about that. <laughs> Go me. Um, I'm so nice for having Tennessee beating them. All right. Well, moving past the Duke game. <laughs> um, yeah, last, no, I, we've, we, I think we've done a good job with the DC discussion. Despite I was going to say, the last thing we want we want to talk about is Tyreek Evans, who you said earlier has probably had has been his best week as a Pacer. Yeah. Uh, well, he's had a few good stretches, I think. Like, I tweeted that during the game. You know, he's had a few bursts of three or four good games here and there. Um, and every time I fall for it, like maybe he's good again. And then he stops. Yeah, good, he had he a four good. game run in January of 2013. Right after he got PRP the first time, I, if I recall correctly. Uh, he, he might be good. Well, then he, he, had got been, it at, he got it at Christmas and he was good pretty soon after that. Yeah, that, that was a 19 and 10, 10, 10 run. Then he yep. had an earlier season run where he had 23, 11, 8, and 12. That wasn't terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's very. It, it is probably his best, his best run. Yeah, it was. It definitely was, and it's like it, it's so bizarre because I don't know if the difference is just that he's in a different role without Collison or what, but I think that is mostly it. But he, he, something is clicking for him in a major way because he's I getting to the room. I think he likes playing with Holiday better. I think it creates more space. He's getting to the room like better somehow. If that makes sense, you know, like yeah, but watch the spacing. It's the same number of times, but it's more available to him, and I don't know how, but it is there. Well. With Holiday, actually, the spacing is better. You lost it a little bit. Is it? It's a little better. No, Holiday's it's definitely a worse better. three-point shooter than Kojo. So. Is he? I thought they're both about the same this year. I don't want this to uh, Holiday's at like 30%. He's not been a good three-point shooter. What is uh, – how is that 32? What's Kojo at? 33. Is it, is 32 now? Oh, he went out in that four-for-four four game. That's right. He's 32.5 well, and 33. I mean, that, I, I get that he's worse, but I feel like with Holiday, the oh. spacing is better because the defender feels like Holiday can do more when he, he gets the ball, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I Something is something is happening and it's working. I mean, um, and I think Holiday's thing is people Kojo for um has the like kind of I guess bias of that he's been the league zone. People kind of know the player he is and they they've that the kind of the game plan with Joseph is you can leave a little bit off him. Where Holiday yeah, no, Holiday has the college respect. Oh, he was a great college three point shooter. <laughs> no blah blah. This college just to game make an NBA game plan. No. no, but they look at it like Holiday was known for being a three point shooter in college, so they kind of respect your three point shot more. And pros. you can see the spacing. I mean, I saw on one of the Holiday drives or not Holiday, one of the, the Evans drives where he made a really nice move to get past the guy. He you could see Holiday kind of 
jut out to the wing and the defender just they take a step towards him that opened up the lane for Evans to go right. Also, Sabonis is doing good stuff for him too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, they always I, have. I just think he it, and it might not even be that it's holiday, like Sabonis, but it's, Sabonis rounded back into form in the OKC game, and Tyreek's been better at not he was not good at, at Denver, but he's been better ever since basically. So. I think there's it, something to that part of it. It also might be that that Holiday is more willing to go sit in the corner for an entire position than that is clear. true. That, that could also be the space of the problem. Shooter, it could be it. That because yes. Kojo's always trying to get back at the top of the key to set off his up. He if does cut a up. lot. Uh, yes, he does. Yeah, first. I mean, time. Yes, it, I'm with it, there. It just seems like Evans likes to kind of be feel like he is in control and knows he's in control of the offense. I also versus. think with Holiday and he gets the ball in his hands more and he, you know, it's been conceded this week now by a million people that he's a rhythm player. And now that we're seeing him get these opportunities to get into a rhythm, maybe that's something to do with it. You know, his 16 and 17 shots he took the two games prior to this were his most, uh, is it of the season? No, he took 16 against Boston early January. Uh, but that's like the most shots he's taken in a game all year. So, so there is, I think there clearly is something to the, to his rhythm argument. Only nine in this game, but he was still good uh, against Denver. So there's something to what he says. Like that's a fact. I think he knows it. It's just, it's harder to get it for him when they're fully healthy. I think they have to find a way though, given how this has gone, because it's gone well. I'm glad it took 70 games to figure out he's a rhythm player. <laughs> Great. Um, do you, so do you think, I think part of this is, do you think Evans realizes that he has an opportunity to get in the playoff rotation? And if he has a great playoff run, he'll make, he'll get paid. they'll get paid. I mean, Randy, not a lot, but he'll, he won't no. get nothing like he will now. But so let's say the Pacers upset the Celtics in the first round and Evans has a great series. What do you think he gets in the offseason? Three years, 45? No way. You don't no think he had a great way. run, like a Solomon Hill type? I mean, they, they went a playoff. No way. No two, way. Two years, if 30? If he plays 70 terrible games and then finally turns it on for the playoffs, I guess teams do fall for like the Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I think some team could talk maybe not maybe not three years forty five. That's a lot, years, yeah. Maybe like three for thirty. <laughs> or two. I was thinking two for like twenty eight. You think Yeah, you know, something like that, maybe three for forty five, man. Ooh, no way. I was just trying to go to the top end that could happen. I mean if <laughs> if he had two great playoff series and they won both ones, he would definitely get paid that much. You I had the that. you had the hypothetical, I was rolling with it, and then you said three for forty five and I had to I had to back out. <laughs> but I, I do think the way he's playing now is a good indication because I think he has played himself into where he was probably borderline rotation in the playoffs. We're and now falling he's probably, for it again, Adam. No, but he probably still is borderline in terms of, but like the way he's playing, he is going to be in it and given a, a shot at being a rotation where I thought for a while he was headed. We're not even going to play him the way he's been playing. You know, good. one, I, one, I, one bad playoff game. He's out. Yeah, I agree. Well, so I wrote about that. It's like, he's my wild card guy in the playoff rotation because last year they only went nine deep. And Trevor Booker was their ninth, and he only played like 10 minutes a game. Well, if they go nine now, in theory, you would think the three off the bench would would be Tyreek, Kojo, and uh, Sabonis. But what if what if Tyreek's the ninth guy and McDermott is the eighth guy? Because McDermott was more impactful than him up until the play in the playoff, isn't he? McDermott, well, I think now McDermott will get the Booker role and play like 10 minutes a game because they'll just play Thad and Bowie on a ton of minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I think. They yeah, do. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't see why they wouldn't just try to run Thad and Bud into the ground. I agree. I'm and Collison, to be honest, too. I, I know. I'm with you there. Uh, that's kind of what I said. It's like Kojo might get like 22, 24 minutes, and Tyreek will get like high teens, and well, maybe maybe we'll get more now if he keeps this up. But then starters will get a ton, and Domas will get a ton. Everyone else will be kind of piddling around. 
Yeah, it seems like I mean even West Matthews is probably gonna play that much. So here's what I have. Can I read it to you? Yeah, go ahead. I got Collison, Matthews, Miles, and Domas all at 30. And then Bojan and Thad at 36. Kojo 22, Tyreek 16, McDermott 10. Yeah, that 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 sounds fair. I think that's okay. You know, and maybe like obviously if Tyreek is not being Tyreek, he plays 20 minutes a game the regular season. So having him at less was based large on the fact that he'd been struggling. Now he's playing better. Maybe you pull that up a little bit and, and drag Collison down to get the ball handle or Evans more minutes or maybe West Matthews if they need some off the dribble stuff. But that's, I think, a, a good starting point given the skills they will need in a slowed down situation. I bet Thad's playing 40 plus in the playoffs. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Um, <laughs> well, I feel, I'm, like, I feel like, you, like with this tall ball emergence, I think you can get away with West at the three. If you really want to get cute and like a Bowie or Doug play four and well, and if we assume combat. they're playing the Celtics, do we not think Fat could hold his own at the five? <laughs> no, not against Baines or Horford. No chance. I think for Horford for five minutes he couldn't do it. Five minutes maybe, but he'd have to be pulled right after that. That'd be a hell of a lot of effort to guard Horford. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm surprised though you didn't put like two minutes for O'Quinn when inevitably Sabonis <laughs> and Turner both have <laughs> three fouls. Foul when Hal Horford, Horford gets Turner four fouls in five minutes to start the game. <laughs> I can't wait for the first playoff yeah, game when it happens. That's why they need to play at home that first playoff game because then that won't happen. But if they're in Boston, I can see that happening. First playoff game in Boston, four straight, three straight fouls a turn in the first three minutes, and all of a sudden you got some bonus coming in, and they're already hobbled and whatnot. I don't want to get too Celtics preview but I will say a tiny bit of influence went into giving both Miles and Domas 30 minutes in that the Celtics do have a traditional center on the court a ton of the time with Horford and Baines. I think Sabonis can hold on against Horford for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can get. That's what I'm saying. You can get away with having them out there for a long time. Oh, I got you. You, you, you mean together? Like yes, yeah. Okay, I got you. Like, I, you like, like I, I think Philly can too. But like, if they played the Raptors, for example, who have like Serge Ibaka at center for a lot of time, like Pascal, like you cannot have both against them. There's no way. Can I? Can I paint a crazy scenario where they somehow beat the Celtics and then if <laughs> if Brogdon and who else got hurt? All these injuries they have Brogdon. And somehow they upset the Bucks, or maybe Giannis even gets thinged Man, up a tiny bit. we can't do this, dude. We can't do this to ourselves. When that be crazy? Yeah. Be disappointed when they have their superstar out. We can't. Do well, like, like I'm thinking, like, uh, maybe not Derrick Rose type injury that year, but when we're in the when we're in the one seed, and it was better to be the fourth seed than the three seed where the Pacers That's were. True. They were the three seed playing. They were. It was a three two against the Heat, who were the best team in the conference that year, versus the one four with Celtics, um, Chicago, and so Celtics got to play. Philadelphia in the second round, it was a garbage team because they were the eight seed that year. And so, like, the Patriots were the second best team in the conference outside the Bulls, but didn't make the conference finals because of seeding. And that's why maybe it's better to be the four seed at times when teams are relying on their star player carrying everything. Well, I think I think Toronto's a better playoff team than Milwaukee, too, if you are hypothetically going that direction. Yeah, I agree because they're deeper, too. They yeah, they can sustain an injury to Kyle Lowry and still be maybe not beat they have the They have the second best player in the conference, and then they are deeper than if, if Milwaukee's banged up. Like, they've obviously been very good. Yeah, um, no, but I mean, there's something to depth. I mean, like, like even yep. if Kawhi I'm missed a game, deep, yeah, but they're not deep in the way. They're deep, with, they're deep with guys who fit around Giannis. I feel like Toronto's deep with good players. Yeah, they're um, they're 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 like a, a Jenga set when you pull one piece out, the whole thing collapses. Versus like Toronto, if Kawhi doesn't play, you've got Siakam who could fill in the Kawhi role for a game or two. Kind of yep, thing. yeah, in a totally different manner than. You know, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, they're going to lose that first series. Finally, talk about playoffs though. Yeah, um, they'll probably lose that first series in five games anyway. So let's be honest. <laughs> well, come on, they got the seven last year. <laughs> yeah, but they had Victor Oladipo, who out of like a playoff resurgence of two thirty-point games and a triple double. We were going to talk about something else. What was that? I can't remember. No, we were that playoff rotation was the last thing. Before we, we did. We got off. 
yeah, yeah it's good. So. I, I'm very curious how they shuffle those deck chairs on the bench. I agree. It'll be really interesting just because. Like if Tyreek's killing, I feel like he has to play more than I've just described. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be a hot hand kind of thing. It could be. I mean, right? I mean, if you're like, let's say Sabonis has like 25 points in a game, I mean, are you going to really so pull him for Turner? Whole, whole game, whole game, right? 38 cool. minutes. Yeah, I mean, that, I think like, like the and if Turner has a great kind of moment, or you see Turner and Sabonis together playing really well, do you you just keep them out? Like, gotta, that's kind of the thing you got to figure yep. out. Yep. And I mean, that's the thing about the Patriots; they have so is. They have so many different types of players. They can play different lineups too. They can go big. They can go small. They can play three guards. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yep, that's exactly. They can, they can play bowling at the four if they feel like it. I mean, wait. Well, I, you know, the Celtics are switching because they have so many wings. But like, if you can throw something confusing at them, at least you could get some of your advantage back. No, and the thing that's be tough about the Celtics is they are for a young team. They're the most experienced playoff team because they went to the conference finals back to back years with all those guys. Yep. So I mean, they're they're not like separate yeah, but Tatum won the conference finals last year, but Jalen Brown's yeah. been in conference finals two years in a row. You got Kyrie's been in an NBA finals before. I mean, Hayward, I guess, probably the most inexperienced player on that team. Horford has three conference finals under his belt. Yeah, if you add the or, if you add the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, they're very solid in that way. Yeah. And we'll see we'll see how Hay- how Hayward plays as well. Yeah. If well we'll we'll look more at the Celtics uh, next week when it's incredibly more obvious, which I almost I'd put it at like ninety five percent. They play the Celtics in the first round, but I want to be a little bit more certain before I get too yeah, Celtics. You, you never Turner. know. They could lose the Celtics could lose all their last nine whatever games they have left and end up as a as a six seed. You never know. <laughs> the Celtics could lose all nine they have left and the Heat went out and the Celtics don't even make the playoffs after or the match. Oh that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ridiculous. It's right, not gonna happen. Right, that is not happening. On the record, that's like not happening. <laughs> we're playing one of those end of podcast derails. Let's take a quick break and then we'll preview this week's games. Today's locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Wise. Wise is a camera that gives you 360 views of anything anywhere in your home for just 20 bucks. It has 1080p full HD clear vision, night vision, two-way audio. It's amazing. You can do eight times zoom on it. So it's interesting that this comes up right now because I live, as you know, in an apartment with a roommate. My roommate has a snake. That snake one day just got out of its cage and disappeared. We had no idea where it went. Three, four days later, we found it just, you know, it was a small snake just rolling around out on the floor. Well, if we had wise, we could have put a camera up, looked at the snake, Checked in on the snake, used the feature to go back and check time and see where the snake had gone, if it had broken out, where it had crawled under, you know, who knows. It would have been the perfect thing to monitor my roommate's snake so we know once it got lost, where it went, whatever it was, but we didn't have wise. So for $20, get wise. You can monitor your snakes. You can monitor, you know, your pets, monitor your house, you can monitor your children, you can monitor anything you need to do. Get wise, just 20 bucks by going to wise.com slash locked on. That's wise.com slash locked on. You get the guaranteed lowest price on wise. Now back to today's podcast. All right, Tony, first game of the week. Let's pull it up real fast. It's against Oklahoma City Thunder. You got their numbers up? The Thunder are, oh, I was one click away, Adam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but right, I'm well. now looking. No, I got it. I got it. Right, you got to believe it. 16th in offense, fourth in defense, fifth in pace, and 0-1 against the Pacers this season. Yeah, so the first game was quite a win for the Pacers. Quite a win. It was probably the game where... Well, I'm glad that it was so recent, though, so we can actually like talk about it and how we can take away things from that game. Well, so I say since then, I've watched two more two more Oklahoma City games. I watched them play the Raptors both times, and I've come away... They lost still... the photos, didn't they? Are they 1-1? No, they... Paul George went clutch crazy, right? Yeah, and my, my thought is, I mean, Paul George did recover last game. He played pretty well, but... PG still looks a little bit um, 
injury. Just feels like he's not as explosive offensively as he was pre injury. Yeah. No, yeah. it was his shoulder. Shoulder. I mean, that shoulder thing, right? That's yeah. why he was hurt. I don't remember. A lot of people have shoulder. said that. But a then again, he's had players. he's had a thirty-six point game against Indiana since then, so I don't know. He just their, their defense in the Thunder game was sensational. Yeah, seventeen turnovers forced. They held him to forty-four percent shooting. Now they got give him twenty threes, and Paul George is a great job shooting from the outside. But in general, they did a very good job of limiting easy chances. Did a good enough job containing Stephen Adams on the offensive glass. It just it just all worked out, and they got to the line a ton. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta, it, gotta taste a lot of those similarities. It, it just felt like, honestly, one of those games where because they had like such an emotional connection to the Thunder and what happened, that, that was like, we just like, they pushed through it somehow, to be honest. That's what it felt like. Like, Sabonis was fantastic. I mean, he just made him pay on that off oh, the bench. Good. I mean, all for 13 from the line. Unreal. I mean, I think this tells you the most about the Thunder is that in this game against the Pacers, they played last time, they played one bench guy more than 20 minutes. Yeah, sure, but a ton, though. The Pacers, I know, but they but the Pacers play at least. Two to three benches over twenty minutes. Yep. Most games. Tyreek Tyre wasn't healthy for this game, but they'll play three benches at least twenty minutes. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And and Noel usually, I, I I think Noel plays a bit more than he did in this game, but Sabonis did so well because Noel had no prayer on him. Yeah, his <laughs> so, defensive rating was one eleven against. Yeah, yeah, fifty five offensive rating. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he did fantastic against the second unit, and and Adams did match up with a little bit and did okay, but I mean Sabonis was just feeling it; they didn't have much of a chance. Um, they kept fouling him. The pick and roll coverage on him was not awesome. Uh, so they were able to do well with that. Collison got to the line for five times too, like getting fat. Terrence Ferguson had five fouls, like getting, getting the perimeter guys off balance to, to commit those fouls and get to the line was a huge part of why they were so good. So do you think the Thunder try to make an adjustment to beat the Pacers? Or do you think they don't care about this game? Because I mean, I guess they're in a seating race, I think but they're kind of like, they think if they play the same game, they'll win. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I was wondering how do they counter Sabonis for what he had? I mean, I mean, what's Tommy Sabonis having another thirty? Like, like who on the Pacers is going to do so much better, you know, than that? Yeah, game. but maybe, like, is maybe but bad? Is, but is maybe Paul George going to have a whatever kind of game he had? Is what he's reason he's third in MVP this year? But yeah, thirty six is still above his average. Yeah, okay. To be honest, but Westbrook shoot forty four percent from the field again. That's not that's not normal for him, anyways. High for him. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, you know, he's like, isn't he like? No, I think he's 40s? right at that. He's got. He's forty two point seven. Wow, wow. I don't know. I mean, I I, I agree. Every time I hear it, I jump like like you feel him. You know, Zach was totally right. Like maybe it's just because you're like glued in because it's like, oh my god, it's Russell Westbrook, but. It's just like you're like okay, like here comes the pressure on the basket. They're gonna have this stud dude driving at the rim any second now. His thing is so from watching the minimal amount of college basketball I've watched in the past three days, <laughs> um, he's the perfect guy. Where like in college you see it, all the centers collapse on when the guard gets in, and then some guy comes runs the rim and cleans up like the rebound and dunks it in. And that's kind of what basically Steve Adam does was what a lot of his back. <laughs> Westbrook is just constantly going off. to the rim, throwing up stuff that goes in half the time, and half the time it goes nowhere. But like. The NBA centers are are better at not like a fully committing to the or both guys committing and some guys able to get the rebound. So that's like what makes like the perfect college guard. Yeah, he is the perfect college guard. And Stephen Adams is the perfect college and pro center. I, I love. Oh, it's why Billy Donovan probably honestly can coach them decently well because yeah, that's it's true. Kind of it's basically coaching Florida. Well, they did a lot of other so in the non superstar realm. Like they just said, screw it, we're not guarding Jeremy Grant or Terrence Ferguson. Like. I don't care if these, if these guys score, they score. Like I don't care. Uh, yeah. And they're and you know, Marky Mars had some good looks, but like 
none of their bench guys are super scary either. So it's pretty easy to zone in on their guys who can actually score when you, you know, no one else can beat you. Well, and to me, it seems like on this team, there is a, um, a hierarchy and a, like an expectation that certain guys get this many shots and everybody else kind of just feeds off whatever's left. The gap between Jeremy Grant and their fifth best player, Schroeder, and then the gap between Schroeder and their fifth best player, and I don't even know who their sixth best player is, are both so big that you can get away with a lot of good bench minutes. And then they did a great job with those bench minutes in the third quarter and put a ding in the lead, and then they carried that momentum to actually beating the good players in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, how many how many shots does he Adams do you think are just offensive rebound shots? <laughs> Tippins. <laughs> Or no, I mean, just he gets the ball from him and tries to put it back up. I mean, he takes 10 yeah, a game. Yeah, a lot, a lot. And he gets five offensive rebounds a game. So, you I mean, can look at putbacks now per game. I wonder. That'd be interesting. Oh, you can? Yeah, they finally put the play type data back on ESPN.com. Uh, but does, does that – oh, they put on ESPN. I mean, it's just on NBA. Sorry, sorry. They don't always count every game. Though. They only count a few – like – No, they just put it back up for the whole season. Oh, I have not. Yeah. I can check that finally, out. they took it off last year because it was so bad. Like you said, because it wouldn't. It was terrible last year. It was, you, could, they, you look at the games; and it'd be like a third of the game of the season. They kind of the logs for us. It's like it's even Adam two shots a game as exclusively putbacks. Okay, so, but that now put him more in the realm of shots per it's game. Almost like twenty percent of it or of his shots. I mean, they they run a minimal amount of offensive plays for him. I would say. They did. Yeah, never. Maybe a pick and roll, maybe. Yeah. And that I, is not for him. It's to have him involved. Occasionally, there's that play where he gets kind of open at like the 18-foot mark and shoots like a long jumper. You know what? If Steven Adams is shooting a long jumper, I feel like my team has won the possession. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I also feel the same in what West takes a three-point shot too, right? <laughs> oh, the game winner was a Westbrook three. I was like, all right, it's not going in. That's it. Well, I mean, like if Westbrook <laughs> takes a three, you pretty much feel like you won the possession as well because you stopped yeah. going the rim and creating havoc and chaos. Yeah. Yeah, and but, like Dennis Schroeder's their only bench creator. Uh, so when we also now, you're you're not really afraid of that guy. This this team is really just a will of like, can we just take a hundred shots and make enough to win a game? Like that's really what Remember they're when like. Someone told me this summer that the Pacers should trade for Dennis Schroeder. That was so funny. Did I say that? No, it was not you. Don't okay, worry. I, I don't. It was actually saying. like me being <laughs> talking about someone who said that, and I was like, Dennis Schroeder is bad. Like because <laughs> I know that he was kind of rumored as being like a signing and wanted to be here, and I was like, I agree with you. I mean, he's just he's eh. he's bad. He's literally bad. <laughs> He was traded well, as exclusively he gets paid $12 million less than Mello. That is the entire reason he is on the Thunder right now. Well, no, he would be better if he didn't – if he understood his role better. You know, if he's not taking 14 shots a game, he's taking eight. Yeah. And he's yeah. becoming kind of the assistant. But instead, he's kind he's of fast, like – He can kind of pass, but, like, he's not – it's just – he doesn't do it for me, man. Like, he just doesn't. I mean, if you look at Truder's stats, though, you think this guy – I mean, he's averaged – 17, 19, and 15 and a half points per game for like three straight years. Yeah, and 15 and 17 shots. <laughs> That's I know. I, I, I know. I'm just saying he's 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 that of good stats, bad team. Yes, he was in Atlanta. He totally was. They fell for him, man. They thought he was gonna be better than Teague. That was a mistake. Yeah, that was your mistake. Teague um, isn't even good anymore, and I'd still prefer him over. Schroeder. All right, we we've talked so much crap about the Thunder. I can't wait for them to lose them. Um, <laughs> well, they. Me- that- I said that on purpose because if the Thunder play the exact same game they play in Indy, they win. So, so what's the, the Pacers are not going to give the Pacers thirty-two free throws in OKC? So, what's the Pacers' advantage then? Is it the bench? That, that's how yeah, they oh yeah. they oh win yeah. this game. It's going to be because Tyreek has a nice game and Spons is playing well, and they're just they're just killing those. Are great and Tyreek, yeah, puts some put some pressure on the D, helps them out. They're killing those twelve non-Westbrook, non-PG minutes. Yes, and that's a huge thing is Tyreek being back because DC played thirty-eight minutes. Which like wow. he's good, but there's some diminishing returns when that happens. I mean, he actually had a very good game. Yeah, no, I mean DC when anything anything over thirty two, unless it's the last five minutes or an overtime, is 
straight downhill. Yeah. Yes, indeed. West Magic played a great game too. Yeah. He only step up again. He um, fantastic you, defense on Paul George again. So do you think they win this game or lose it? I think they lose. Yeah, so do I. I, I feel like the Thunder, though, are kind of just messing around still. I mean, they just... Well, they, they can't. Don't... They're in eighth. They're in eighth. Honestly, though, that might be the better spot. Aren't they like half a game? I'm looking at the stage right now. They are in sixth, actually. As oh, speak. It trades are so much every day. They gotta, I, mean, they could, I mean, if they're the five seed, that's the best chance to making it. Dead tie for seven. Spurs are back to eight. They won nine in a row like a week ago. Oh, you want you want them to, to play the Nuggets? If you're the th- yeah, you know, what? I think I know. I think ideally, if you're in the bottom half of the West, you want to play Blazers first, Nuggets second, or Nuggets third. Warriors. I feel like the Nuggets are going to just whoop the way the Jazz did last year, but <laughs> I don't know who the time. Nuggets are going to play. I don't know what's going to happen. Jazz are out this year. Jazz were awesome. actually you might better off being the eight seed until you can play the Nuggets. <laughs> Nuggets are back to two now after they uh, just lost to the Pacers. They're tied for one, actually. <laughs> Record they don't wise. have the tiebreaker, though. I know, but they're yeah. tied overall. Um, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the, to the next game then because, right, when you both say the loss. Um, so the next game is against – I got it up real fast. It's Celtics, correct? Got you. Is it? The is Celtics are Celtics Saturday. Uh-oh. 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 I, had a, I had my tabs lined up and not the schedule up. Uh-oh, I'm scrolling slow, Adam. You're right. It is the Boston Celtics. You know? Okay, I had my tabs lined up like I was right. <laughs> yeah, big, 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 big game. Yes. If you win this Must one, win. you're coming home, chance to clinch the tiebreaker and possibly the four seed against these guys. I mean, it's going to be a tough game because they obviously know that too. But, yeah, big game. <laughs> Celtics low-key on a three-game losing streak. Skidding. Skidding. Yeah. This is the first game of back to back for them, but they have two days off before. Yeah. Uh, do we, I they, guess, do we, do we expect Hayward to play? That's where we should start. Yeah, concussion last night. Um, I don't know. That'll be interesting. Uh, that game bad out of hand for them. Concussion's about a week, right? Yeah, it'll be close. Um, and then he got a banged up left knee. Robert so, Williams started for them, and then he himself got hurt. <laughs> Aaron so, Bain banged up there. They're, their post is. Ooh. It seemed like Baines, Baines, Horford, Hayward all missed today's game. They're playing currently, right? Uh, as we today? Yes. Or they correct. play tonight, not as we speak. They tonight, play yeah. No, they're on right now. Did they just start? Oh, yeah, sorry, it's seven. Thank you. So in the current game, no, Baines is playing, it looks like. Robert Williams started for them last night. The oh, Hayward game. is playing too, it says. Oh, what? On B-Ball Ref, it does not show that. Well, that's a shame. Well, we look stupid now. I know. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought I read Hayward was out. Damn. I don't know why. We look really tough. Well, damn. Okay, screw you, B-Ball. I counted on you for all these things. Yeah, um, <laughs> but Horford's not playing. That was maybe that Horford's was not playing. We got one. We, we but that but Horford, Horford probably will play if it's not terrible because yeah. it's two days off. Yeah. Uh, they're down six right now to the San Antonio Spurs at home. Um, so the key for Boston is always, you know, Kyrie's going to be rust but less contact diverse. So he'll put pressure on the rim. Is like, can the, the ancillary guys who aren't Horford – or Kyrie, can they beat you in some way that that causes this game to shift? Yeah, I mean that's that's Tatum. Tatum was awesome in the playoffs. He's been just as good as last year's regular season, but the the bar was set at his playoffs. He hasn't met that. He's still a good player, just not that good. Marcus Morris kills it for them off the bench, but like it's Marcus Morris. <laughs> Jalen Brown's finally doing some stuff. So is Hayward, but they, Hayward is another wild card guy who can go off, but. You're just not like so scared of any of them to do anything crazy this season. Besides, it's for me, Horford, Kyrie. So there's there's two things that kind of pull 
my mind on this game. One is that when they play the Celtics, they always play them close, and they always need Oladipo to yep. win those games. Yep. And when they lost, I I count as they played a back to back three and four nights. It was just a it was the fourth game on a road. Like I just didn't the one they lost year, I just kind of that blow it doesn't matter for me. In they that got sense. smashed. But the other side of me says, well, the Celtics have lost so many games to so many bad teams that like they could just throw up a dud. But you feel like it'll feel like a playoff game, and they won't throw up a dud. But I don't I don't know. Honestly, right? This team half the time they feel like they're not they aren't trying anyways. Yeah. It doesn't ever feel like they're trying. You are not kidding. Um, it, yeah, it's weird because it, I wonder if some of that's just that they don't like each other or something. But this is like something that doesn't always click with them on the floor to me. Like they're all good players, but like the gear of it all connecting and being intertwined isn't quite there. No, I mean, it, it probably has to do a little bit with they've got so many guys that have, are, I guess, not playing year to year, but you've got like Horford and Opt out at the end of this year, correct? Yeah, you got Kyrie, who's here. You know, none of these guys. It's not like the old Heat teams where you know you're committed for three years or four years. It's like, well, you got all these. You got like these three rookies or two rookies. Then you've got kind of this middle class. Of, I guess you can get the Rozier also is going to be could be out next year. So like all these guys kind of competing for their next contract instead of just saying let's buckle down. This is like we're trying to win it. We're trying to build a team going forward versus like we're just trying to get through this season and then we'll see where we're at. And that kind yeah, of creates a weird dynamic. And I get why that. Yeah, I told you why that's weird for everybody. Uh, X's and O's, if you want to do that. Um, you know, if you do, you, you think you, you, your goal is to slow down Kyrie because no one else can really kill you as much as he can, or do you just let Kyrie get his get his bag and it's kind of slow down everybody else? Well, considering their chemistry issues, I think you let Kyrie just go for 40 and I make agree. everybody else pissed off at him. I am team let Kyrie go crazy. I don't know why I'm not as scared of Tatum because. Tatum and Hayward, both the guys that I'm like, okay, these are the guys you, you know, you gotta, if you, if you can stop them, you can beat the Celtics, but they're just like not so scary to me. And I don't get why. They're still good basketball, they're good basketball players. Yeah. I mean, something isn't clicking for me with the Celtics. I don't and know I don't know if it's coaching or what it is, but it seems like there's just. Don't, don't do it to Zinesville, great Brad Stevens. I. I don't want to, but it it just seemed like he couldn't figure out all the pieces to work, and I, and that might not be even his fault. I mean, it might be just an untenable situation. Yeah. So um, he, he, ten, he tenabled it. <laughs> you, ever, you, ever, you ever hear something is a tenable situation? Untenable. Is that even a word? Is tenable even a word? <laughs> well, my dad and I were talking about this one time. You know the word discombobulated? Like you ever yeah. walked into like a pretty clean room? They're like, oh, it's pretty <laughs> combobulated in here. <laughs> I can't imagine those conversations with your dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> the East family has some uh, nerdy conversations. <laughs> I will concede that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the, the, so the only the other thing to this game is that both teams are just going to be playing or trying their absolute hardest. So there's not going to be any easy baskets or anything like that. Which I yeah. think favors the Pacers. They play like that all the time. But well, anyway. it's going to be a playoff. It's atmosphere. completely anecdotal. Yeah, it is. Totally is. I mean, I'm going to put it. It's one of nine. Yep. And so do you think do you think they win or lose it? Oh man, it's so hard to predict that one. Um, I don't think they're going to win. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, on the road, they, they lose. Yeah, they get home, they would win that one, which is why that game's so important at home. I if they win it, though, they, they at worst finish tied in the tiebreaker with them, which is huge. So I think they lose it and ends up end up close to tied heading into the that third or last game of the year, and it's April fifth decides the fourth seed. To me. That's what I. That's what I think, and then it's because yep. that that point. I don't know how the tiebreakers will look, but they could have a tiebreaker advantage if they tie with them 2 2 and have other tiebreakers that they're heading. You before like that. that day, you know, you just rest for the Nets and Hawks. Like, that'd be, that's a huge game for the Pacers. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they win. I think it's I think it's just too hard to win on the road. It's very hard to win in Boston. They got killed there for a reason earlier. Yeah. Um, so let's take one more break and we'll preview our last game. 
All right, welcome back in. So, Tony, is the Orlando game a must-win game for the playoffs here? <laughs> well, yes, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I yeah. think every game is here on out, right? Yes. Do you have, do you have Orlando right. stats up? I do. The 2-1 uh, and one against the Pacers, Orlando Magic, this season. Our seventh in defense, 26th in offense, and on a four-game winning streak. So, playing good right now. This Pacers game is the third game, uh, is game three of a four-game road trip for them. So, they'll be... A little tired, but the Magic playing very well recently, actually. Uh, they're only one game out of playoffs, so they're going to be giving it their 100% best. Yeah, and so I mean, this, this is the kind of game where if they lose to Boston, we still going to say, hey, they lose this game, they could spiral out, and this is like, say goodbye to the four seed in five seconds kind of thing. How many points does Terrence Ross score? 190? <sighs> He's the pacer killer this year. He <laughs> won that award, correct? How many, yep. he, how, many, how many do you have in both the games? I'm trying to... Or they we three times, we've done huh? this before. We have definitely. I know. Let's pull it up again just for fun. <laughs> Let me pull it. it up real quick. I got his game log up. Uh, so he oh, had 11 in the first one. Not, okay. not a great game. Then he had 30. Yeah. Exactly. And the last one he had 23. So, so for Terrence Ross to have. I'm going to go with 27 points. 27. God, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it's just so every year there's one guy. Um, yeah, DJ Augustine's the only reason they're not a complete disaster because he's actually been okay for them, and they have no other point guard play at all. So uh, they, they're just an odd team because they're like a, like a weird combo of young guys and skilled big men that somehow is almost 500. Yeah. I mean, I I would say they're only really in the playoff race because they're in such a crappy conference, right? I mean, they're really so – this team is not like anything well put together, anything well coached, I guess. Maybe they're, put, they're just – they they play in a bad conference where the eight seed is going to probably be a team that wins 38 games. Half their games. games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now the Heat are 36, 37. So half their game. I think if you get to 41, you got a oh, shot. Four, 41, I think you clinch it. I think 40 is the Magic, Heat Magic next week, one of the low key big games this season. Yeah. Um, I guess with the Magic. I mean, I guess the goal is to stop Terrence Ross, right? I mean, that's. um No, Vooch is good. And I know, but like, in terms of what's killed them before, I guess. Yeah, I never – yeah, Vooch does well against them. You know, he has good stats every time they play, but I never – it's like with Tatum. Like, I never feel like I'm like, oh, well, Vooch is why they lost. Like, he just he just did his job. I feel, it's no, I feel like those kind of guys do what they – they're average, but as long as they don't have, like, a 50-point or even, like, a 30-12 and 12 game, you don't feel, like, that bad about it. Fournier is clutch against the Pacers, I feel like, all the time. Terrence Ross does, does everything, and then that's it. Yeah, They're playing Michael Carter-Williams 15 minutes a game right now. That makes no sense to me. That's not a good basketball team. Have they beat the Pacers I, twice? I'm trying to remember. They have, right? Yeah, the, right. if they had a closer record to the Pacers, the tiebreaker would be a question here. Yeah, well, win, win, win for the game for the first time since Dwight Howard, and maybe I'll respect you. <laughs> yeah, Mo Bamba will not be playing. He's been hurt for forever. Isaiah Briscoe uh, looks like he's out for the rest of the season. Fultz obviously out for the rest of the season. So, uh, and Mozgov out for a while. So they're they're relatively banged up compared to what we've seen with the Magic all year. Uh, they're not a super deep team with studs anyway. Like Wesley Awundu, Jerry Grant, and aforementioned Michael Carter-Williams will all be playing in the teens and minutes. Uh, Jonathan Simmons is a guy who played decent minutes for them who got traded since they last played. So it's really just like an okay starting five in Terrence Ross. Can you can can you shut them down enough? Yeah. And I, I feel like when push comes to shove, this is the kind of game they do win because they know – because this team yeah. – they know they need it desperately, and I think he'll call them back by this point. Hopefully, it seems like so. I mean, you just got enough leadership, I guess, to win this game. You know, it's back to back. I do think they should they win it. I do too. Oh, Orlando's on a back to back, really? No, the Pacers are. 
Oh, oh yeah. I still think they win it though. I agree with you. Travel from Boston to any for a must-win game sucks. Yeah. But I think I, I just in general think they'll win one game this week, but I think they like have a shot in all of them. Like the you know, there, there's so much emotion playing PG still, and the Celtics are so important and the magic are at home and they need to win. Like there's there there's some reason for them to like actually fight and go crazy and not have any dud offensive moments uh, in all three games. So I think they have a chance in all of them, but I think they ultimately only shake out with one. Yeah, I agree. I think a one and two weekend, that should be enough to hang around in the four seed, and then we'll see where they're at. And that would the be the three game. wins that we said would happen uh, when we were presented with this hard bout of schedule after the Knicks game. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Pacers' schedule going forward, I mean, after this week, you got, what, seven games left after that, or six? After this week, they'll have five games left. Oh, five. Left three this week. Oh, yeah. so and then you got two against Detroit. You got, like, four in a week, essentially. Um, yep. Detroit, Detroit, Boston, Brooklyn, and then Atlanta. So, I mean... They need to win how many to keep the seating? So they're a game and a half up. Game right? and a half ahead. So could be two if the Spurs can can help us out. So probably four, maybe five. The Celtics schedule is not well, very hard, though. It depends. They have a tiebreaker, too, right? If they lose yes, both. So let's, let's say they win all the games. Lose. Five. That's a good point. Yeah. So they probably need they need to win. So the eight games, they have to go seven and one to officially clinch it, right? Because Celtics still play Cavs, Wizards, Magic, Heat, Heat, Nets. So – Outside of their Pacers games, they have a very easy last last bout. Of yeah, game. but they'll find a way to lose a stupid one here or there. They always well, do. like the Magic game could matter because the Magic and the Heat games will both matter, and the Nets game will matter. So it's basically only the Wizards and Cavs games against teams that just like don't care. Yeah, and like I said, Celtics find a way to lose stupid games. Yeah, didn't the Cavs like just beat them not that long ago? Yeah, I feel like I just I was I had their little lineup of all the games they I played. Know, they lost. I was wrong. Who did they lose for Snow's bad? The Cavs in early February. They they lost the Hornets. That's not. Yeah, they lost, oh, they just they just completely no. They lost the Bulls. That's it. They got beat by that sucks. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yes. That's right. They lost yeah. to the Rockets. Yeah, that, they blew that Hornets game. Oh boy, that was yeah. something else. They lost to uh, LeBron's Lakers team, right? Or LeBronism? Yeah, the Rondo buzzer beater. Yeah. <laughs> they beat the Lakers since then, but yeah, it's so bizarre. They like. They beat the Warriors, Kings, Lakers in three in a row, and then lose to the Nuggets and the Hornets. And... The Nuggets are good though, and they different. are. Yeah, they are. But all right, what are, what are, what are you writing this week? Um, I'm writing about that tall ball lineup. I called tall ball earlier. Looking forward to that. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure yet. But we will have a Celtics week coming up at eight point nine seconds of the week following this one, assuming that this stays the way it does in the standings. Oh. So be on the for that. So you you just jinxed their 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 playoff matchup, huh? Didn't you just jinx their their their, their playoff <laughs> I matchup? I know that's why I said we're waiting. That's why I said we're waiting. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, <laughs> we want to be sure before we like we'll spend a ton of time on this. Yeah. So when the playoffs come around, we will have um, some crossover. Tony, people. Yeah, Tony yeah. some Celtics people pods or or. If they end up being the three seed and play, what they play the Pistons <laughs> or the Nets, yes. we'll, have, we'll have some Detroit crossover podcasts or some Nets crossover podcasts. But we can believe, man. But the Sixers schedule is uh, not very hard. Or if Pacers lose nine in a row, they end up being the seven seed. We'll have some, some uh, Toronto podcasts. <laughs> oh, Philly schedule is so easy. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, Nets, Wolves, Hawks, Mavs, Bulls, Bulls, and Heat for that. So actually, I, I I got one last question. Do you think they okay. beat their over under the Pacers? What was it? 48 and a half, right? I, was, I think it was 47 and a half. So 48. So yeah, yeah, I think they get 48 again. Hey, that'd be right what we said before the season, Adam. We're going to look really smart because Will Depot got hurt. Yeah, they, they went with 55. Will <laughs> Depot didn't get hurt. We did it. What do you think they'd be the two seed Will Depot didn't get hurt? Yeah, they, playing were, for they were a 57 win pace when he was healthy. And what is the two seed at right now? 
the Raptors are going to be right around there. 51, they're on pace to win. 55-ish. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they'd be right around there if he didn't get hurt. I mean, he played all 82, which is still an unreasonable thing to say. But, like, even if he plays 70. Yeah. He played 36 games. If he plays 25 more, they probably, they're probably much better. Yep. Put I it agree. that way. Um, all right. Well, we should probably promote the other podcast on the now – the other Indianapolis Red podcast now on the Lockdown Network. Lockdown Colts. Go check that out uh, if you like Pacer stuff and you're a Colts fan as well. Justin Houston, big stuff. I hear yeah. big stuff. I don't actually know who that is. Totally talking about football is like – Everyone's excited about this guy. So. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, maybe at some point in the offseason we'll do like like a, like a two-minute Pacers thing to end each show to promote the other podcast and do our <laughs> just terrible Pacers or, – or not Colts, a terrible Colts take at the end of each podcast. A terrible – oh, I love it. A terrible cold well, I I mean, I okay, here's one. Uh, I don't really know who Devin Fungus is, and I play fantasy football, so I don't know what the hell that is. He's um, the speedster, I would say, for Everyone's the saying he's Panthers. Tall. Everyone's saying he's a big target. Yeah, he's he played with Cam Newton for a while. And Isn't Eric Ebron the big target? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand football. Well, the idea is that you get a wide receiver with a better, more accurate quarterback than Cam Newton. With him, he might be a better player. Kind of ah. the way e- – same thing with Ebron where Stafford isn't super accurate, but Luck is very yeah. accurate. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's well, a one-year I, deal. I we'll find. I've, heard, I've heard Chris Ballard's a very smart guy, so I will defer, defer to him here. Yeah, I mean, when you draft two all-pros in the first two rounds, you kind of get a pass for a year. <laughs> you get a pass, exactly. When you make the O.D. Yeah. trade, you get like three more years of – Oh, yeah. Years. I mean, Richard's never getting fired at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. All right, that's, that was a good ending. I like that. That was a good Colts ending. Uh, as always, you can follow our podcast at Locked On Pacers. You can follow Tony at Teast MBA. You can follow me at Freedom Five. As always, you can tweet at the show with anything you got: comments, concerns, questions, whatever. Maybe we'll do a playoff mailbag. I don't know. Tony probably will say no to it, but send some questions away. We might answer them before the playoffs start. We have some probably have a little bit of a, a break between then. That is all for his Locked On Pacers podcast. It's always check us out tomorrow. We'll see you then.